Hey. How's it going, everybody? Doing okay? Man, last night just really smacked me in a good way. Why don't you stand to your feet, if you don't mind, in honor of Jesus. He's so worthy, isn't he? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Put your hand on your tummy, uh, if you can find it. I have no problem with mine. Father, we thank you. Our innermost being is going to be filled today with living bread. I ask for the mystery of heaven to be deposited within our souls. Lord, deep inside our innermost being, put the revelation spirit, the spirit of discovery, the spirit of living understanding, the spirit of wise counsel, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of prophetic revelation, and the spirit of mighty power. We want the seven spirits of heaven The Spirit of God flowing in us today, we pray in Jesus' glorious name. And everybody said, be seated in the heavenly realm. Here we go. So it was, uh, I want to just give you a little insight of what happened to me in 2009 at 2 in the morning. I had a divine visitation. The one I love came into the room. And he breathed on me. He spoke to me. Just recounting it takes me back into that. You go from glory back into that glory, you know. And it just was a day I'll never forget, a night I'll never forget. And he gave me this commission to do the Bible translation. And he told me that he would help me. And that he would unveil things to me that had been somewhat hidden in in his word. And I can tell you he's been doing that. And he gave me uh, two specifics that I want to share with you that are the keys for last day's understanding of the Word of God, especially as it relates to the Old Testament Scriptures, the Hebrew Scriptures. You ready? First is homonyms. I mentioned it last night. I plan on writing a homonymic dictionary, a, a dictionary of homon- Hebrew homonyms, I'm beginning to compile them now, but there's so many. Literally, uh, I have hundreds, but I know there will be thousands because virtually every word in Hebrew has multiple meanings. For for example, uh, yira, which means fear, the fear of the Lord. Well, in English, the fear of the Lord is, I don't know how that fits in your heart, but it can be like, whoa, and it's meant to be that way. But in the universe of meaning, if I had a a whiteboard, I would draw it out for you, but in the universe of meaning, fear, as it relates to our English concept of fearing God, that would be a small sliver of the universe of meaning of that word yira. It means worship. It means to be in awe. It means reverence. It means jaw-dropping, stunningly glorious worship. It, it has lots of different nuances to it. That one word in Hebrew virtually cannot be translated one word in English, or you're going to cut off all kinds of revelatory insight. You know, so many of us, rightly so, this is not a put-down, this is good, The Bible tells us not to add to the Word of God, right? It also says don't take away. Why are we not as jealous to make sure nothing is taken away from the Scriptures as we are adding to it? 
And, you know, just in case you need to know this, chapter headings, verses, <laughs> all kinds of things have been added to Scripture. So that the meaning of that, I'll get into that some other time. But, but I'm, my concern as a Bible translator is that we capture what has been conveniently left out of Scripture and then make sure that it's brought back into Scripture. Do you know the Hebrew word zamir means to sing, to sing, but it also is a homonym. If you were here last night, I briefly mentioned homonyms. It also is the word to prune the vines. So a translator, which is it? Is it singing or is it pruning? You've got to look at the context, don't you? But most times, or let me say sometimes, it is both. Isn't it true after you're singing and worshiping the Lord, the dead stuff gets, gets cut off of your life, dead stuff gets broken off, and, and there's a, your heart is alive to God because it expands our spirit. When we sing and we, we celebrate, we worship God, it, it, it causes the deadness of our soul to be abandoned. So there's a connection in Hebrew. This is why the, the Hebrew language is so beautiful, because the homonyms, and the Lord showed me this principle, and I don't see anybody talking about it. I mean, I've done, you know, Google isn't even hardly referring to it. So it's going to be a groundbreaking project. Pray for me, because I have a lot on my plate. I have some other books I'm, I'm involved with, but I really want to put this homonymic dictionary together because I believe for the last day's church, it's going to explode with revelation. You remember kala, those of you here last night, kala, what does that word mean in Hebrew? It means bride. And of course, it also means finished. It's a homonym. So he finished it for the bride. Amen. So Song of Songs is full of homonymic secrets. It embedded into the text are, are beautiful, wonderful secrets. Did you know the word for uh, to seal my heart in chapter 8? It says that I would be sealed with the flame of fire. Jesus invites us to take him over our heart as a, as a seal. Everybody talks about the mark of the beast. Nobody's talking about the seal of God. And for every verse of your beast mark, there's three about the seal of God. We, it's just a wrong focus. You know, a, a guilt-driven, antichrist-driven theology is the wrong focus. I'll just go on record of saying that here. That we need a Christ-centered, seal of God over our hearts-centered revelation. Well, that word for seal also means prison cell. Now you understand why Paul said he was the prisoner of the Lord. He was a Shulamite. And uh, Winnie Banoff and I are going to co-write a book on Pauline theology and the Song of Songs because we're constantly finding the arteries uh, of truth from Pauline theology flowing from the revelation of the Song of Songs. I'll give you more of those goodies later. But homonyms are just so, so important. I mentioned last night the word for love, the Aramaic word, which Aramaic is likewise a homonymic language, not quite to the degree of Hebrew, but it is full of homonyms. Greek has very, very few. I gave you one last night in John 15 about 
every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, I will take away. And you can say that. You can use that translation. However, the predominant meaning of that verb is not take away. It is to lift up. I will lift up. And later in the chapter, it does speak about burning the dead branches. But those are dead branches. We are not. We are living branches in him connected to Christ. So if you don't make that distinction in John 15 between the believer and the dead branches, then you'll get mixed up. So English is, it has a lot of homonyms, just a lot. You know, sea can be an ocean. It can be the letter. It could be vision, can it? So we, but none of those are connected. They're not connected in a semantic sense. You know, there's no correlation between the ocean, sight, and the third letter of the alphabet other than the phonetic sound C. That's the only thing that connects them. But Hebrew, no, it is, it is beautiful, totally, totally different in, in Hebrew. So as we go through today, tonight, uh, today, tomorrow, I will be sprinkling some of these homonyms in for you. The second thing that he showed me that would unlock the scriptures was pardus. Pardus. I haven't done this for a long time. Let's see. Is there anybody that knows what pardus is? Pardus. Nope. Okay. Uh, that's, I've asked that for tens of thousands of people, and I think I had one out of 10,000. And I had a doubt that he really knew what it was either. Uh, Pardus, if you, if you don't take notes, you should take a note on this. Pardus is an acronym, P-R-D-S. I'm going to go fast, fast enough for you to write it if you care to. The letter P, Peshat, the Hebrew word Peshat, these four letters give you four dimensions of the Word of God. Rabbi Akiba from the 2nd century A.D., the famous revered rabbi, he said there are 70 faces to the Torah. 70 faces. 70 meanings. Uh, then it was um, a later that a rabbi said, well, actually there's 40 different meanings of every verse in the Bible. I'm giving you just four, okay? I'm shrinking it for you. I'm giving you the four levels of revelation truth. You guys look underwhelmed today. This is so phenomenal to me because people ask me all the time, what is it I feel about the passion? What are these footnotes? What, what is this? This is that. P is Peshat. It means plain and simple. Uh, every... Jewish person, even today, will use that word to make a plain, make it simple, make it plain. How many of you like it plain and simple? Some of us plain and simple people, we need it. I like that. And the Word of God is always true. Every single verse has a plain and simple meaning to it. Amen and amen. But that's where the Western church parks. And that's not where the Hebrew mindset nor the heart of God really parks. There's three more levels. The second level is R, P-R-D-S. The R stands for remez, R-E-M-E-Z. Remez is the Hebrew word for hint. There's a hint of deeper meaning in everything God has to say. Oh, my. I've heard his voice speak to me. And there are things that have taken me over 20 years to begin to understand what he said to me in a sentence. 
And you think you got the word of God figured out because you know English? You got a little Greek? You know, I know a little Greek. As a, it's a diner down the street. It makes really good Greek salad. But, you know, it isn't just knowing Judaism or Hebrew or Greek that makes you a lover of God. It's the Holy Spirit. You can have all of that stuff packed up good. But if you do not have a Spiritu Santo in your heart giving you revelation then it's for nothing. I said last night, I memorized half the New Testament as a, as within three years of my conversion. I had half of the New Testament committed to memory. And it didn't make me the loving husband I should have been or a father that I should have been. But God changed that. He turned what was just water, the six water pots of my humanity, He turned it into effervescent, intoxicating wine. And I'm so glad that I let Holy Spirit, let Him, you know, I let Holy Spirit come and invade my space. But there's a hint. Don't read the Bible without looking for the hints. And the Western church will, they will go there. They will somewhat go past the outer court of the Scripture. But there's so much more. There's still two more levels. And... The third level, the church rarely goes to, but it does, but rarely. And the fourth that I'm going to share with you is that pull the pin on that grenade is something that is going to be entirely new for most of us. The third is drosh. It's where we get the word midrash. Drosh, I'll anglicize it for you. It's D-E-R-A-S-H, drosh. Drosh means to... Um, it means to dig a well. It means to study. It means to inquire. It means to look at every single word and inquire and ask and dig and go into it. Of course, that would be cross-reference. That would be, you know, uh, some good hermeneutics perhaps, although some of the hermeneutic stuff, uh, I may write a book on spirit-filled hermeneutics because it's a little different than some of the stuff I was taught. But the going deep into the revelation of Scripture. Let's just take a verse real quick and, and go through the three levels. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Okay? Was he really born in Bethlehem? Oh, come on, guys. Uh, are there any Bible believers here in this Catholic church here today? Was Jesus born in Bethlehem? Yes. So it's literal, right? But is there a hint of something? What, let's go. What are the hints? What, what hint is waiting for us there? What's that? <laughs> we can be interactive. It's okay. The hint. I, I like the fact Jesus was born, that he's a, a man, humanity. God became flesh. I mean, you can take the hint and just go with it, can't you? And then... Bethlehem, the fulfillment of Scripture. You know, for, for his entire life, Jesus had to put up with people lying about where he's from. He was called Jesus of Nazareth, but he was not. He was Jesus of Bethlehem. He purposely let everybody miss who he was. He didn't stop to make the record. No, 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 no. You got to understand, I was born in Bethlehem, bro. I'm not Jesus of Nazareth. I spent some time there, but I was born in Bethlehem, the ancient birthplace of King David, the prophesied place, Micah 5, 2, where the Messiah would come. Hint, hint. 
Well, what about Bethlehem? What does that mean? House of bread. Lechem. Are you sure? Lechem? It's a homonym. What if, what if there's another meaning there the church has missed for 2,000 years? You come to Israel with me, I hope you will. We're actually going in October. If the, by chance we do have to cancel, thou shalt come with me in 2021 with Pastor Frank and Pastor Paris as they join me in Israel. But we will ask any Jewish speaker, what does Lechem mean? And they'll say bread, but they'll also say, 50% of them will say bread. The other half of them will say warrior, the house of warriors. Jesus was born in the house of warriors. Hello? They expected him to overthrow Rome. They expected him to be one who would fight for their cause and liberate even to this day. That's the Messiah they're looking for. Could it be they understood what we don't, that they expected a warrior to come? Isn't it interesting that your bread is your victory? You see how they relate, how these homonyms come together? This cool. This is like seminary uh, introduction for you. But the fourth level, every scripture you can do those three levels. And the Western church will touch that third level occasionally. But I've, it's, I'm still looking for those that are, you know, do you hear what I hear? That are hearing the sound I'm hearing from this fourth level. And it's sod, S-O-D. Sod is the Hebrew word for secret, mystery. The, the Greek translation of sod, if you transfer it from Hebrew to Greek, it would be the word mysterion. 27 mysteries in the New Testament. There are 27 secrets. And Jesus says, I give to you, Matthew 13, 11, I give to you the secrets of the kingdom of God. Don't you want to have what he gives you? For many of you, if your life depended on it, you couldn't give me more than four or five. 27. Jesus says, I give them to you. This is the realm where Jesus ministered. Saw the realm of, of revelation where man cannot give it to you. I'm sorry, but even wonderful commentaries don't give it to you. This is the realm where God Almighty gives a revelation. This is the realm of revelation secret. This is the well of revelation. It is the deep place from the heart of God given to you by spirit. The spirit traffics in this realm. And that's where Jesus lived. Jesus came into the synagogue. And he would open his mouth and verbal drops of glory spilled out in front of everybody. Jaw dropping. They were stunned. They weren't amazed. Ekpleso should not be translated amazed. They weren't amazed at his teachings. Bro, I'm amazed at Carmel Macchiato. I'm amazed, you know... When my wife comes out of the hair salon, I'm amazed, hugging my grandkids. Amazing is that it's not strong enough. Ekpleso. When Jesus spoke, everybody got ekplesoed. Would you like to know what it means in the Greek? Ek is out from. Pleso is breath. <gasps> they had the breath knocked out of them when Jesus spoke. When's the last time you came 
and you had no clue what just happened. What, what did I just hear? And, and, you know, you can see the two disciples walking out of the synagogue. Dude, man, that was awesome what Jesus taught. 